Hello and welcome to Science Queries, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything to do with science, with an LGBT plus focus. I'm Sonia and I'm joined by my friends Khan and Kiara, but today we will be talking about the misrepresentation of science in the media. It's like kind of a meme where everything causes cancer and everything cures cancer, Uh which is what the media says. But the problem isn't really that straightforward. So do you have any initial thoughts on this topic? You know, um, a few weeks ago where everyone was like, oh, they found this thing in the Antarctica where time travels backwards. It's like an alternate (laughs) universe. Yeah. 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 And then I went and I researched that further because that's what you should do. Like, the media kind of just ran away with, like, one thing one scientist said some yeah. time ago. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think we should all take the media, like, what the media says with a grain of salt. Yeah, so I think that, like, anything that um, is slightly eye-catching, or how do you say it, like, ear-catching, <laughs> the media will take it and then just kind of, like, mass-produce it, uh-huh. regardless of what it's based on or what's it, what's it, what it is founded on. Like, like sensationalise yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And, like, what you said about... Um, the research thing. I don't think anybody really like goes into it and researches it, so it just kind of is taken at face value. Like the name of yeah. the article is just like that's the conversation yeah, yeah. starter of a lot of people. Yeah, because like the media is kind of like this thing where people want to take it for the truth because it's meant to, journalism is meant to be discursive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you know about reading discursive texts in Hitop was that <laughs> <laughs> journalism isn't always discursive, so like for and against and then not really trying to persuade you so you can have and formulate your own opinions on mm. the topic but that's not what journalism always does yeah. yeah i mean like the point of trying to like get someone to pay attention to your article is to have that clickbaity title so mm-hmm. they will kind of just take something that you know and yeah i don't like that's what and you have to do to make people make it pay interesting attention. yeah yeah and like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'd start from the beginning. So how does research go from the lab to being in the public eye? So, of course, there's publishing your findings in journals via scientific reports, and there's conferences, so science events at universities and other stuff. And some scientists, especially because so many people are online nowadays, they release their information through press conferences or blogs, or magazines, or like through television interviews. So yeah, so that's how research gets into the public eye. I actually wasn't really aware of how it does that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, really not, cool. it's yeah. not like, because science has always been seen as more people doing things in, at the distance mm-hmm. and not so yeah. much in the public eye. So what's so bad about misrepresentation? I mean, some stuff is pretty obvious. It's misleading to the public. Mm-hmm. So the public sees like, sensationalized, mm. inaccurate, and dumbed-down articles mm. in the, yeah. the best-case yeah. scenario sometimes. <laughs> and in the worst case, they can be exploited by their own desires for miracle cures or perfect yeah. diets, which is pretty bad. Uh-huh. And something that I found really interesting that I read about is that the level of understanding the public has of science is greatly dependent on the quality that the media covers it. Which is something that I never thought about before. Uh, yeah, but nobody really weak. searches up yeah, yeah. science. Like, if journalism is done right, you shouldn't have to, right? But Yeah, so it's not like normal people are... Like, yeah. Science reports are not easy reads. I mean, yeah, when my, when my dad is trying to, like, 
disprove climate change to us or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people will just kind of search up like yeah. why climate change isn't real yeah, and like, grab yeah, the first article title. What yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I definitely think that's true. Like yeah. if you go on Google and search like why coffee is bad, it will come up with why coffee is bad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you search why coffee is good, then it will come up with why accordingly. Yeah. You kind of find what you want to I think you can find for. anything, yeah. I think yeah. you can find anything that you want to look for. Do you, do you think then that people forge the way from the media? Like, you know how when you want to affirm your own biases, like, yeah. you're mm. trying to find something that, like, reflects with you. Yeah. Right. And, and then you find that in the media and then you share it. Because you only see one side. Yeah. yeah. That kind of just alters, like, how the media puts out science. So some of the stuff is because of the nature of journalism itself in its way that it's desired to be objective. So... Mm-hmm. This causes them to hold scientific and pseudo-scientific notions at equal ground. For example, the climate change thing. Like, a television program might interview a climate change scientist or a geologist and, on the other side, feel the pressure to show the other party. So they might interview a climate change sceptic or something Mm -hmm. and hold both of these parties at equal ground when Mm. we know that the scientist (laughs) is more credible. But, yeah... So stuff like that happens. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, I yeah. definitely understand that because it is important to show both sides. However, <laughs> um, like sometimes it's just not right. Yeah, it is important to yeah. just like at least be made aware yeah. of like every what everyone thinks. Yeah, yeah, I think it's quite a big dilemma because yeah. they don't want to force their opinions on their viewers or mm-hmm. readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So, like, oftentimes, while there is a consensus in scientific literature on what is fact, um, in the media, there might not be. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Because also, considering the external influences on the media, like government officials and what's trending and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, with the nature of journalism, journalism is really competitive. So, like, a quote from one of the sources I read is, like, a weak statement will go no place in Mm. reference to journalism. Yeah. Because science is already lower priority compared to other areas Mm. of news. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not that interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, breaking news is never really science, unless it's corona-related. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's another section, kind of. That's, like, an unprecedented event. Yeah. So what ends up being reported does tend to be a bit... need to be a bit more exaggerated or groundbreaking. This can cause the media to blatantly misrepresent facts to gain a larger readership and a lot of this is falls under correlation versus causation they may say that two things cause each other when they're just oh yeah they just match on a graph but that doesn't mean anything (laughs) search up spurious correlations online yeah (laughs) that's a fun website and the media often omit basic study facts and cautions so in one of the sources i read of 189 media articles studied 34% 34% did not cite their sources, <laughs> which is like, what? <laughs> yeah. Only 6% mentioned that animal studies have limited applications to humans. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's yeah, a yeah. big generalization to assume that what happens to animals in these experiments will also mm. yeah. be mm. happening to humans. The media who's meant to fact check don't fact check. Like, even when all facts are correct, the tone that they report in can also affect Definitely. how the public see it. So, yeah. for example, in the AIDS epidemic in the US in 1983. So one program said, 
There is now a steadily growing fear that the nation's entire blood supply may be threatened by AIDS. The safest thing to do is to store up your own blood. Yeah, so yeah. while all the facts presented in the program were correct, you can see how the tone can mislead viewers into being more panicky. Yeah. And the source that I saw this from actually like had a funny quote. It said, the tone of the story could not have been better designed to provoke massive public hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the media can definitely have all the facts and then yeah. present them in a way that doesn't reflect what how it should yeah, be. That's, yeah. That's, in, yeah. that's interesting. It's like when you, you, you were trying to tell someone something and you want them to form their opinion first, you'll leave out everything you think, yeah. typically. But I don't think that that happens in these cases. Yeah. Mm. Should news be written with a monotonous tone? That, that's that's interesting because so. I don't because know about that. Because, yeah. yeah, and also people, maybe like for example that, right? Um, if maybe they do have something important to say and they use a clickbaity title or whatever, but at least that gets people to click it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And if they can take away more factual information than they can, like, even if they, all the, you know, narrative, yeah, yeah. narrative around it, then that is good. Because otherwise, I don't know if they would click it. If mm, it, That's true. I mean, not monotonous, but, like, in, in, a, removing in a tone that removes emotional... Emotionally evoking yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah, but it is hard because <laughs> journalism hard. is a creative yeah, field. Yeah, yeah and it is it's writing based off like your the, your opinion, opinions as yeah. well, like your your voice. Yeah. Should the news be? I think written in just like a manner that is conveying plain facts. I mean, I, I guess that's that's what it's yeah, meant to be. Yeah. yeah, I guess I think if you're a news outlet, maybe there should be certain boundaries of like what you say, like what what kind of things are opinion pieces. I mean, yeah, I think I think that is what happens in yeah. newspaper I mean, articles and I stuff. I think it tends to like they tend even though they say yeah, it's an opinion piece, yeah. like one thing, but even if this other thing is like a fact, mm-hmm. you know, article, like, they'll still put their opinion in. Maybe in sense. traditional news, like on television or in newspapers, it's more obvious the segregation between mm. opinion and fact mm. yeah. but on like online news outlets i yeah, don't think okay, yeah. there is i don't know if it's as yeah on online i think it's a lot more blurred yeah where the lines are there's so much like just random articles on mm. facebook right that it's just like you know yeah. yeah i think i think the main source of media we're addressing here then is like online media yeah, yeah. because like tv news is already quite like objective and they, say, they, they yeah. have a script and they just go with yeah. what yeah. the news like, is for that day yeah this is happening right now <clears throat> this is what's you know we yeah. know that's it yeah. yeah but the media that is misleading us is online yeah mainly. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean yeah i mean what they choose to present also is mm. creates a bias there yeah yeah, but yeah that's true I mean, it is a bit lazy to just blame the media. So, I mean, and there are areas that science is to blame. Well, scientists often see the media as worse as it actually is because scientists are worried about communicating with the media mm-hmm. and tarnishing their academic reputation. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to understand that at scientific meetings, the work presented is not intended for media coverage. It's for other scientists to see yeah, what oh, other yeah. scientists are working on. But turning preliminary reports into health news mm-hmm. benefits researchers and organisers by increasing their exposure, making it more likely that high-profile scientists will come to their events. So even though meeting organisers are advised to issue explicit, modest press releases to offset media reports, like why wouldn't they exaggerate a yeah. little mm-hmm. bit if it helps yeah. them get pub- mm. publicity? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, because like scientists need funding as well. Yeah. Mm. So 
it's not really related to how they exaggerate press releases, but mm. the funding you get is dependent on what kind of research you do. Mm. Right, or yeah, like, that makes sense. Like, what you propose, mm. right? So, yeah. like, it depends on... It's so like, does that affect what kind of research yeah, you do? Because we talked yeah, about yeah. it in science extension, yeah, right? That's, All the that's where I'm like getting it from. Government and what is I mean, trending yeah. in society. It's definitely like right now, so for example, like creates, funding goes a lot yeah. into the coronavirus. Like. Yeah. Which, so there's a bias in yeah. who you get funding from. Like mm. if it's from a pi- private and pharmaceutical company right. that's trying to test out some alternative medications or remedies or something, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like if they're paying you, then does your research have to reflect their values? Like, from the scientists, and that's the problem, you know? Like, they don't always get to do what they want because they need funding to do so. <laughs> to do their research. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so scientists can hype up their research in press releases. And sometimes the oversimplified language and omission of details, which is associated with the media, actually originates from press releases. Mm-hmm. Scientists mm-hmm. can overclaim based on the results of their preliminary studies. But publishing early results in itself is problematic. Yeah, so just publishing work from a single study versus something that has been repeated and is known to be more reliable. Mm. And um, also, the bias found in abstracts can influence news coverage. I mean, scientific reports are hard to read, so sometimes you just read the abstract (laughs) and then you you go from there. Scientists may represent their results in a way, in the abstract, in a way that yeah. is yes. over. Yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Like, and then you, like you read the abstract and then you read the rest and you get to mm. a discussion and you're like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in history last year, we learned about this thing, like these, you know, when people are writing articles or doing any of this sort of stuff, like three things, like selectivity, bias, and omission. So they'll, and it's all based on, you know, their own prejudice, what they choose to omit, mm-hmm. what they'll choose to select, like, so, like, um, for example, what they choose to push forward is, like, selectivity, right? And their mm-hmm. own bias, obviously, influencing, like, what they're even writing about. So I think all those factors are really important to consider, you know, just, yeah. you, know, in, you know, when you're writing anything. And that goes into how scientific literature is itself. It's complicated, and it's open to interpretation, so it's open to misinterpretation yeah. also. And most of the time, you can't explain scientific news in a single-page blog post or a short <laughs> press release. Like, yeah. that's why reports are so long mm. in the first place. Yeah. And a lot of the times, it is tough for the media to convert technical language to mm. something that's understandable. Yeah. Um, so I have an example. So... Um, the idea that satellite navigation, so GPS or Google Maps, switches off parts of your brain. So that was something that the media said because they had to contextualize the information in a way that is relatable. But this was um, related to research about the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus. And yet that became a scare story about satellite <laughs> navigation, which it wasn't. It was just like research about yeah. how... Um, different parts of your brain light up, I guess. Yeah. And Um, the media, because um, they wanted people to read about it because it's mm. interesting news. Mm. But in order to explain it in a way that is understandable Mm. to the public, they put it out (coughs) as a bit more scary than it should be. Do you think, like, it's also a factor of, like, the person writing the article, like, they 
I don't know like what background they're coming from. Mm. Like they could be from like just like an English like you know mm-hmm. yeah. background, and they don't yeah. really understand as well what is entirely going on. But they have a quota to hit of things <laughs> they need to do. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. Or like they think a certain yeah. thing of research is cool, but they don't know how to present it in yeah. a way that is effective. Mm. So <laughs> should should more scientists learn journalism? Mm. I mean, I think it is important for every journalist then to have some understanding of whatever they're talking about <laughs> like yeah. they should need to yeah. have some sort of background in or should like, scientists yeah. be able to control yeah like in one of the sources it did say maybe scientists can check um journalism articles yeah. before they are released yeah. mm-hmm. but that does take away the creative freedom of the journalist See, that's the thing i'm mm. thinking yeah you know what's interesting next week's episode is going to talk about communication and science yeah. <laughs> And what's interesting is that sometimes scientists feel, I mean, me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like in doing science things, Mm -hmm. I feel like the way you convey research can be limiting. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Because journals have their guidelines. Mm. There's always like a way you have to do something. Yeah. And you can't be like creative in that way. Like the scientists can't be creative in that way. Because each scientific report has a structure. In science... Um, because I guess the world is becoming so much more Mm fast-paced. There has been a shift towards bite-sized publication, Mm -hmm. so single-study models of research with Um. little effort to replicate their initial findings, and there has been a bias towards false alarm type of results. Mm. Whereas it's obvious that larger Mm multi-experiment studies will be more accurate. So, for example... The controversial idea of vaccines causing autism was a bite-sized publication in a yeah. peer-reviewed journal called The Lancet <laughs> from 1998 by scientist Andrew Wakefield. So it took a really long time and a lot of effort for other scientists to finally get that article pulled. But the effects of that article are still being felt today, mm-hmm. which is like, it's still a controversial it's, topic. It's literally when like it's one article shouldn't be. Yeah. that... Wakefield has come out and been like, "Um, that is bullcrap." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, society still thinks definitely. That, yeah, or some parts, some people do still think that vaccines cause autism, which is not true <laughs> at I all. Want to say, <laughs> um, yeah, and um, of course, there's like the popularity contest part of science. Mm. where scientists want more citations, so like likes on Instagram, kind right, of. Yeah. <laughs> so they publish as much as possible and focus on what is surprising so that people are more likely to come across their articles and cite them in mm. their own. So this also increases publication bias, which is when the outcome of an experiment influences the decision whether to publish it. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh my God, this. <laughs> um, in data science last semester... We were talking about how, like, a lot of data is lost when you don't mm-hmm. publish, like, null. Yeah, but people hypothesis. don't do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, because, like, it's, is it boring? Like, do people not read that? I don't know. I guess, I guess so, it's yeah. It's important. It's important, it's but important it's to know. probably boring for the general. Yeah, because, like, what's, what's interesting is that if you have, like, 50, um, if you've re- replicated something 100 times, you've written like a hundred reports on yeah. it yeah. but 50 of them didn't work and 50 of them did work then like did the thing actually work i mean yeah, yeah. because I mean, wouldn't have. half of it was because half, half of it didn't get percentage. released i mean like I mean, like half of the thing then i think there's also issue in the way that information is received by the public like they don't honestly yeah. i don't think the majority of people care about 
you know, all the work that goes behind it. Yeah, they yeah. want just the result, like yeah. the in in two sentences, what the result is, what the yeah. implication mm-hmm. is. Like, what does it's it mean a lot about more black their and life? Yeah, it's not. A, it's a lot more than just that black and yeah. white. So yeah. So is that what the scientists need to do? Like, do the scientists? need to convey that better like Uh. this is even more so than um releasing their results to the public Mm -hmm. like even in general a null result or a negative result is less likely to be written into a scientific Mm. report at the beginning yeah yeah so like they're less likely to publish that in general like i don't think they do i don't think they get published yeah Although, like, like, I guess it's important for them to be... Because we don't want publication bias in science itself yeah, already. Yeah. Which that's is pretty happening. bad. Yeah. 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 yeah, because, like, if a trial works five times out of ten, mm. did it really work, you know? Yeah. But then you only hear about the five times You only hear about the five works. times, so it sounds yeah. like it's 100%. Yeah. But it's not really, is it? Yeah. 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 But yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's really important that... Both sides yeah. get because I don't see how that would. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's your own. Yeah, your own bias is just already like going in there. You've kind yeah. of like preset your opinion then, and you're just kind of you know using mm-hmm. what evidence you have yeah. to prove your yeah. opinion without like even confirmation yeah. bias. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like stats and stuff as mm. well. Yeah. So this would also increase the tendency of small samples being generalized to a larger population, because mm. yeah, because you only hear about things going the way that the scientists want them mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. yeah even more into the selfish scientist spectrum. (laughs) There are scientists that manipulate the media and use the competitive nature of journalism to advance themselves or their own organisations. So like the competition for publicity among scientific institutions. And um, yeah, so scientists use the media to attach their names to important research before any other scientists do. That's so interesting. Yeah, because like if their name is attached to it in a media article, that would spread and mm. therefore they would be connected to it yeah. first. So, yeah, in the past, definitely there's been, like, you know, instances of where, it's, you know, scientists are trying to push their name first and, yeah. Like, Over other people's findings, yeah. Yeah. like Watson and Crick yeah, and so Rosalind Franklin. Yeah, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this pressures yeah. other scientists who aren't as keen on using the media, but they don't want to lose credit. Mm-hmm. So right. they are kind of, in a way, forced to put uh, themselves uh, out there. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, also, um, they want to get funding yeah. <laughs> because of economic competition. Yeah. So they exaggerate the representation of their findings. But since the media is an easy target, they blame it on the media, uh-huh. which is <laughs> kind of <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, as we were talking about before, crazy results are more likely to be written up and accepted for publication in the first place. Mm. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, then I guess, like, there's, like, there's so many... Because then the problem would be in, like, the publication bias, but then also in what's received by the public, but then also in, like... In what like, the, the competitive like, nature of yeah. science. I guess, yeah. yeah. But science shouldn't be a competition. I don't think it should be a competition, but people... Then it's, like, the... <laughs> Like, you know, people's own personal agendas. Yeah. yeah. Like, should they just so, be shoved aside or should they mm, have yeah, some right like, to, there isn't like, really a way to control it. Yeah. No. Because I guess when you go into something, even though maybe you might have a preset idea, I think you have to put it aside and mm. be like, yeah, okay, yeah. I could be wrong. This is, you mm-hmm. know... What, I mean, that, that's what, the ideal, yeah. isn't it? 
Like, also with data cleansing, like, getting rid of outliers. What yeah. if you just got rid of everything for <laughs> two points and then you just show a trend and like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, then, yeah, it would show that yeah. your thing is right. But, yeah. like, at I what mean, cost? Yeah. At the cost of the rest of the data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That, that's, like, that's also where the media comes in with the correlations mm. and equaling causation and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, like, okay, because you know, like, how right before you become a doctor, you have to, like, swear certain oaths or mm, things. Yeah, like, should there be something like that for, you know, the way that, you know, um, scientists like some sort conduct? Of motto some sort of thing, yeah. Oath. Like, yeah. you know, you have to have the Hippocratic Oath for yeah. if you're a doctor. And why is there nothing <laughs> science if they're, like, things? I, I, I don't know. I think it's but because... It, it's really easy to skew information in your favour if yeah. there's nothing stopping yes. you. Yes, yeah, that is true. I feel like historically people have been skewing information in their yeah. favour. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's why we don't have, like, a Hippocratic, oh, mm. Hippocratic Oath for science, mm. you know, yeah. because, like, medicine is, like, oh, it's always been kind of... I mean, no, it hasn't. It hasn't <laughs> always been just, like, doing... Like, not doing harm. I guess it's seen <laughs> as more directly associated with people. I guess, like, because people might be like, oh, what scientists do, I guess, and whatever. But, like... You know, for being a doctor, you're fi- you know. yeah. You have to save a person. Yeah, yeah. so it's so I mean, directly know, correlated. But like, yeah, but we people don't, don't think about you know how you, scientists like you should, might. Yeah, they should. You should be not doing harm. Yeah. Yeah. to a person. I guess looking into the effects, the greater effects of false science in the news, they actually influence clinical practice. So they accelerate um, the use of certain drugs in clinical settings even when the drug has not yet been 100% proven to be effective. Because oh. patients may, like, read... Like, if there's a whole flood of articles saying mm-hmm. that this drug is effective, patients might go up to their doctors and be like, why aren't you using this on me? Mm. Like, oh, can, you, wow. can you use this yeah. on me? Because I read on the news that yeah. it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And it also causes patients to pin hopes on unrealistic treatments, mm. which is, yeah. like, very morally wrong if you think about yeah. it, right? Because... Mm-hmm. The media is um, exploiting these people who are sick and want to get better mm. just to get more readership. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's also you know in America they can advertise like pills and medications. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that should be illegal. Yeah, because you like, can't just advertise Panadol. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like talk to your I mean, doctor. They do about advertise it. Panadol. I mean, yeah. I mean, Panadol is very a minute. Yeah, example. but like, in, but, but like bigger, more severe yeah. side yeah. effect drugs. I mean, there are certain things like even in that kind of where people are like allowed. You know how like people are allowed to make decisions for themselves, like mm. in that context. Like yeah. the doctor can't really like if you want to do something, like unless you are proven to be you know physically or mentally incapable to yeah. do so, you technically are allowed to. So that could you know be like that. A that's massive. a. I think that's a debate in itself. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> like should people like be allowed how? to take their own medical treatment into but, they're, but they're not medically then, trained they're not yeah. medically trained yeah but so they don't understand yeah but then they are definitely influenced by the stuff that they re- like yeah you know, yeah I, I i can imagine like yeah. if i was a sick person and i saw an article like whoa yeah. this might help me yeah. i you know yeah. yeah 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 or like if like not even if you yourself are sick if someone you know yeah. is sick and you want to like help, help them, yeah then, yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, like memes I've been seeing around is you know, you know, like the WeChat articles or whatever on yeah. coronavirus, yeah. and like how <laughs> Asian moms are like, yeah. oh right, yeah. Like right now, there's a thing going around of how kimchi is, um, <laughs> kimchi will like stop you from getting COVID or something. Or like all the onion and garlic <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen on like floating around on yeah. Facebook. It's kind of funny. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like some people might actually take that for fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is concerning, and it shows how powerful um, online social yeah. media. Yeah. Like, yeah. how many times have your guys' parents, like, just randomly told you, like, something yeah. that you've they've yeah. read in an article? And yeah. Like, oh, wait, this, try this. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, stop eating red yeah. meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess now let's talk about how science and media can live in harmony. Mm. Hmm. So, um, <laughs> of course, a healthy working relationship should be established. Mm. So, the media are not sensationalist vultures and. Scientists are not disinterested purists, <laughs> so just getting rid of that stereotype would be nice. And yeah, so to getting the science and media to work mm. together because mm. they are, they should both be working towards the betterment of the public. Mm. So if they have a common thing to work on, yeah. then they should be able to work together. Mm. Mm. I did read that journalists maybe should cross-check, but that is time-consuming, and if the journalist is not familiar with reading scientific literature, this just might cause more confusion. But at the very least, I think journalists should educate themselves about the yeah. scientific process. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And shifting to focus on trends versus single studies would be mm. probably better. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, like, educating the public also... Mm, is yeah. also vital. And I think that's the job of science communicators, mm. not media. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. you know, like Bill Nye and like... Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like science communicators that are mm. in the public eye. Yeah. They should do more. Or like they have been doing a lot to educate the public mm. on like finding their own facts or like, mm. like taking yeah. the media, what the media says with a grain of salt yeah. or like not believing everything they say. Um, They read or like yeah. listen to because maybe journalists could specialize in science mm. yeah because like it seems like its own um can of worms to <laughs> i mean to like do with. they like some some people i mean i mean i, I don't it seems like they could yeah it seems like they're ready i mean they i don't, might be able to yeah already yeah like maybe like, they sh- like normal journalists who do not specialize <laughs> in science should not write about science yeah <laughs> yeah mm. yeah because i don't know about I mean, I don't... Yeah, I don't know if there's a distinction already. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel like it's it's logical for, like, journalists who don't specialise in science to not really tend yeah. to write yeah. about science. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that... Yeah. I, I, I would... Like, for example, if you, like, are reading a history article and or just an article and then it's about history and you search up the person behind... Typically, they have some sort of background. Like, credit. And, like yeah, they like they have some sort of qualification. Yeah, yeah, in that mm. field. So I yeah. would assume that would be the case. Mm. Yeah. I think there's also, like, I guess, like, an element of, like, balancing your your um, individual goal with the collective goal. Because you are trying to, write If you're working for the common goal of, like, betterment of society, to kind of remove your own ambition as well in the mm. competitive side, like, you know... Yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. important. Yeah. And... It's important for the public to know about um, the obstacles to clinical application of biomedical research, so how a finding in a single study can't immediately lead to changes in clinical practice. Because oftentimes um, the most harm is done to the public when it's about health. Right. And most of the time people are more concerned about health as an area of science versus yeah. other areas. <laughs> so yeah, so people need to be aware about that. Um, yeah, because like medications take a long time yeah. before you can really see any effects, you know. Yeah. Like, like 
like um, things might be carcinogenic that you don't know about yeah, until yeah. like 50 years later. Yeah. Mm. I guess with the COVID vaccines, are any mm. vaccine really having the trials is the longest part yeah. of the whole process. Yeah. So, yeah, and on the other hand, scientists should be more aware about the ethical and professional requirements of journalism, mm. so like objectivity. And yeah, as I talked about before, um, scientists shouldn't seek to control journalists because you want to keep the independence of the reporter because journalism is a creative field mm-hmm. and scientists shouldn't seek to control people. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then, then the journalist just becomes like a mouthpiece for the scientists. Yeah. yeah. With like no creativity. Mm. And yeah. That's not very fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Science not really. <laughs> yeah. The scientists should be the mouthpiece for their own work. Yeah. 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 So since both parties are working towards educating the public, they need to understand each other in order to do that effectively. Yeah, so even though scientists may feel that, I guess, working with the media or learning how to present information to the public may not be there, like something that they need to know about, mm. but I think it is important. I think mm. that's like actually really like the most important thing yeah. that like I would take away from because this Because they do emphasize that in engineering, mm. but because they do emphasize presenting technical knowledge to people who aren't who don't know the oh, technical right, right, knowledge right, right, right. in yeah, engineering yeah. they emphasize that but do they do that in science oh yes okay we had we literally had a whole like assessment task yeah. being like oh you just wrote i wrote um a scientific report like last week yeah now do this but for the oh, public right. yeah, for so, the kids. yeah yeah right. so and that's like really good like you had like audiences that. to choose from you had yeah. primary school you had people in a food court and mm. people at a doctor's waiting office yeah mm. Yeah, because we had just done, like, a scientific report on what is normal health and all that. Um, And now they wanted us to convey that in language that the public could understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Yeah. so it is emphasised in science. um, (laughs) Yeah, so maybe since media is such, like, a big part of everyone's lives now, they are introducing it more recently... But, um, yeah, maybe in the past they didn't do that then. Because right now there's such a big, like, science in the media. Mm. Like, even um, for, like, back to the beginning of this episode, <laughs> you guys were just, like, tearing down the media. I was just like, whoa, there's another side to this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, we were like, mm, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like... Oh, that was <laughs> And, um, I mean, slowly science and the media are merging, kind of. Mm. But do you think that they should? Okay, <laughs> I think in a way science has merged yeah. into yeah. the media with like YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> with like science communicators taking the communication of science into their own hands, mm-hmm. um, I think it has merged. Yeah, because like because there can be different, you know, there's different. There's different things. aspects of the yeah. media as well. Yeah. So maybe not all media, but mm. I feel like science. Is slowly like yeah. slowly integrating itself. Yeah, I think yeah. If if you're if they're talking about science in your science, like you sh- you should have a voice in that. You know, like mm. it's your your field of expertise. Why yeah. wouldn't you yeah. involve yourself there? Like like you know how we're in this pandemic, right? And the news has been bringing on like epidemiologists yeah. and mm. like doctors and yeah. right. people yeah. who are making the vaccine and stuff. So mm. I feel like that should be the norm. Mm. Yeah, as in, because like consultation is an ethical research practice, mm-hmm. especially when working with people who know better, like pe- people who 
are actually experts mm. in the field. Like, you should be consulting mm. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, because yeah, then it's kind of like it, it goes from scientists to someone else and then to, you know, when wouldn't it just be easier to go directly from between yeah. Yeah. unless, you know, information yeah. gets I mean, the scientists aren't journalists and I yeah, not true. all of them want to be. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. So not all research can be conveyed that mm-hmm. way. There is room in the world for <laughs> separate science stuff and media stuff. Mm-hmm. Like what goes on in the science and then like it's like a Venn diagram. So like the mm-hmm. big circle oh, right. is oh, science yeah, yeah, and then yeah. inside the little inside the little circle is the media. Yeah. Yeah. Or like science in the media. So mm-hmm. only a small part mm. is what happens sense. and yeah. does I mean, introduce yeah. its own forms of bias. I guess it's like yeah, I mean, like, for example, like, if you, like, look at, like, uh, history or something, you have your key yeah. people that, you know, yeah. are the ones that kind of are spokespeople for the yeah. entire yeah. field. Ken, yeah, Ken Vance. <laughs> Love you, Ken Vance. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know I don't if science history. has the same sort of... Yeah, see, I don't know how you knew that. Um, but, I trust yeah. memes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if science has the same... Like, for example, in English, I think, like, Margaret Atwood is, like, actually Margaret pretty forward. Atwood. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I don't know if science like, has like the same Like, you have, like, key names, right, yeah. that yeah. people think of. Mm. But, like, yeah. do they have spokespeople for, like, I guess current? the science communicators are. Yeah. yeah. Like, people who regularly communicate science. Like, YouTubers. Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Bill Nye. And YouTubers. YouTubers like, ASAP Science. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are the only ones I could really think of. Yeah. But, oh, like, like, the ones who and stuff. Yeah. Crash but that's course. more but like... Um, yeah, so that's more like um, educational yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I just like copied what you said. And I was like, that was really trippy. What about? Um, <laughs> How do you pronounce the channel? Kurzweil. Oh, Kurzweil. I guess. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. So like they're sort of, <laughs> or like Boris Boris Yeah. I forgot how to pronounce it. Wait, let me Google. It's Kurz, guys. Kurzgesagt. There you go. <laughs> that one. Also, Tom Scott. I've been watching a lot re- mm-hmm. recently. And ver- veritasium. 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 My fave. Yeah. Yeah. Veritasium has been on it for a while. But I guess like news outlets like media mm. and stuff mm. like that haven't exactly caught up in the same way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like the like mainstream like TV media mm. yeah. are lagging behind YouTube. Because yeah. I guess mm. YouTube creators they're in charge of their content. Yeah, and it's, like, faster. And they're, like, scientists, so mm. they understand both sides. They yeah. understand the journalism side or, like, the communicating side yeah. and the science side. Mm. So having people who can do that are very beneficial yeah. because they, they communicate the facts and without being, like, sensationalist. Yeah. So... I guess, what about us? So how can we be better readers and know what the truth is? So we need to be sceptical. Findings need to be replicated before being fully believed. And even then, yeah, like, don't just like believe doing things. your own research. <laughs> randomly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that comes along with recognising that most of the time, exciting articles, their results have not been replicated yet. And null findings are very, very, very rarely covered or even published in mm-hmm. the first place. Yeah. And... Incremental findings, which is most of the time what happens in science, they're pretty boring. <laughs> so then you're not going to really see them that much in normal media. Yeah. So educating ourselves on logical fallacies and cognitive biases or the limit- limitations of studies 
is pretty helpful so we can detect flawed logic or the possibility of biased language that can cause our opinions to be altered in media articles Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really important to acknowledge that media and science are not at the same tempo. Science is so much slower than (laughs) the media is just, like, quickly churning out stuff. Yeah, because the media needs to churn out stuff every day. Mm, Yeah. But, like, we don't find breakthroughs every day. (laughs) And science takes years. It takes so long. Like, you know, gravitational waves. Yeah. Ages. (laughs) Yeah, it takes so long. Yeah. And I guess um, it's a lot of effort, but readers... Should probably cross check facts. Yeah. Yeah. And just I remember. reckon for I now. Think, yeah, a yeah. large part of this comes in like how because also the way people receive information is what is going to be popular by the media. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm. Like if you know people care mm-hmm. about like cross checking stuff, then of course the media is going to present their articles in yeah. a way as well that will yeah. focus that. Yeah. But like it's kind of like saying like oh we can't trust the media right now so just take it into your own hands and cross check your own stuff. But I think anything yeah. that. Anything you hear from anywhere, you should, yeah. you know, not yeah, just take it at face value. Because it's like a big game of, you know, like Chinese whispers. Mm. Like <laughs> yeah. One yeah. person tells another person something, mm. and that person takes it as a fact and tells yeah. other people things. Yeah, and then it just gets, you know, it gets like blown yeah. out of yeah. proportion. Yeah, yeah. Not, not just blown out of proportion, but it gets morphed into like new th- or different things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I guess just remembering that. The truth takes time. <laughs> yeah, That's cute. It's not gonna, yeah. it's not gonna just happen. <laughs> truth takes time. <laughs> you can't just expect thing, breakthroughs to happen in two seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. So I think we'll end it at that. So to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. We'd love to hear your input about anything we've discussed today via our social media platforms. You can find us at SciQueriesPod on Instagram and Twitter, SciQueries on Facebook, or even email us at sciencequeriespod at gmail.com to send us any comments or concerns. But thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week on Science Queries. <laughs>